Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. I am here with Charlotte Mother, and we are going to talk about hyper vigilance. I know after situations, people say, Oh, I just feel like I'm hyper vigilant and hyper independent and always trying to do everything myself and always stuck in that flight of fight and flight. And Charlotte is perfect for this conversation. She is a hypno coach. Um, formerly, she went by a accredited fulfillment coach. So if you don't know what a hypno coach is, think about a conversation with a fulfillment coach, helping people overcome doubt, get past their past, get unstuck. So you can see why she was a perfect conversation for today. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so excited to talk. We even both have on our black and gray. For this, like your background and my background. So yeah, the people listening on the podcast are not going to be able to see our um, amazing coordinating matching outfits (laughs) 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 that we did not plan. Uh, Charlotte, tell us, you know, a bit about your work in hypervigilance and and even what that is. Yeah, sure. So um, I come at this from a place of experience. So it isn't something that I'd even recognized, heard about or knew existed. Um, But I knew for a long, long time that I found it very difficult to, A, relax. I found it really difficult to stop and slow down. I found it really difficult to trust other people to take control and do things. And that showed up in my marriage, in my work. Um, and I didn't know the reason that I was like this. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, and then through my hypnotherapy and my coaching practices, I started to talk to other women that felt the same. And I realized that it was a thing that there were a lot of us out there that felt like this, that we have to be all the things to all the people all the time. And it gets so much, that it becomes a real struggle. We reach burnout over and over, and yet we fall back into the same pattern. And people say, do the self-care, do the self-love. And that's really difficult to do. And, you know, if it's meant to be so enjoyable, why is it so difficult? Um, And with my work, I started to look into, okay, what else could this be? Um, and we look at we talk about codependency a lot so being really dependent on another person and that's sort of the opposite to what I recognize in myself and my clients that Mm -hmm. no way I don't want to be dependent on anybody else ever (laughs) not Uh ever so then that led me to look at the sort of the the um, healthy independence and see the spectrum of codependency at one end and at the other end this hyper this extreme this ultra independence of I don't need anybody else I've mm-hmm. got this that was a beautiful explanation and I want to point out when she said all the things to all the people all the time mm-hmm. and when you hear that phrase all the things to all the people all the time. Of course, logically we hear it and go, well, that's crazy, right? We can't be that. We can't do that. But it's like, there's a voice inside of us that says, but maybe you can do that. Maybe you should do that. Maybe you have to do that. Right. Yeah. And that's the key. Maybe you have to do that. Yes. Yes. Um, so 
what do we do about it? <laughs> what do we do when we're trying to tame that voice? Yeah. So I think the first thing is to understand why, why we feel that we have to do that, because that that that's key. When you said that, that is so true. It's not that we want to. Mm-hmm. It's not that we choose to. It's that we feel this deep, this deep need. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at where that might come from, um, you know, again, we'll look at codependency because when sure. I when I help people to get their head around what hyper-independence is, it's often easier to look at codependency because we hear about and see that a lot and we know the pitfalls of codependency, right? Mm-hmm. So when we look at codependency, they need to be dependent on another person. They cannot fulfill their, their own needs. Um, and, and it's often a trauma response. Right, right. It's often a trauma maybe from childhood, maybe from something that's happened as an adult. Sometimes they don't even know. We don't know why we act a certain way or we believe a certain thing. But when we look at codependency, it's a, I'm not safe. I need someone else to make me feel safe. Um, Or I'm not lovable, so I need to meet somebody else's needs in order for them to love me. There's lots of core beliefs and they come from a core wound and those being to take it down to a basic level things like I'm not safe I'm not loved I'm not in control I'm powerless mm-hmm. I'm not worthy all these things that we talk about when we think about um limiting beliefs so, well and I'm not safe I'm not lovable I mean I'm in that phrase especially when you said I'm not powerful And so many women I see have gotten themselves in very controlling situations because that person on the front end appears powerful, right? But then it ends up being power over, right? Rather than empowering you. Yes. Yeah. So so they originally get in there to feel safe and then it ends up being one of the most unsafe, you know, emotionally or physically in some circumstances that they could, that they could be in because the person is absolutely. looking to power over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We hear about love addiction, which is right. a form of codependency. So people go, why do I choose the wrong, why do, well, why do I attract the wrong guys? All yeah, the time? Yeah, yeah. I always attract these guys and I say to them, you're not attracting them. You're attracted to them. You, oh, that's you are, a good, yeah. You, yeah, 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 yeah. you are searching them out because they fulfill a core belief in you that you are powerless. So therefore I need someone that is going to control me, and, you know, tell me what I need to do. Um, that's you know, that it's playing into that limiting belief. Mm-hmm. And so if you take, you can take the same core belief of I am powerless. Right. And it could be one person takes that to the extreme of codependency because they continue to feel powerless and it's familiar to be powerless. It's familiar to them. The subconscious loves familiarity. It, it loves habit. It loves repetition. So familiarity is great. It's comfortable. So I, so let's say this you know, person A grows up in a, in a home as a child and they felt powerless. Then they will continue that, 
that to to look for that feeling because it's familiar person b might have grown up in a home where they also felt powerless and what they're doing is fighting against that feeling to not be powerless therefore i'm going to go to the other end of the extreme i'm going to need nobody i'm going to i never ask for help i'm never going to show i'm vulnerable yes be hyper independent hyper vigilant hyper every single thing yes Yes. to fight against this same belief yes same belief Mm -hmm. and I want to say I want to point out something she said familiar is comfortable Mm -hmm. you know with my ladies uh, and people it's like we have to reset normal and when you think when you start in your head why do I keep attracting these people if you can add to that you know change that story you're telling yourself to I'm if if this is my normal I need to reset normal Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you would agree with, Charlotte? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so one person tries to find their power in someone else, mm-hmm. and some per, and then others of us try to find our power in ourselves, but it ends up being this really extreme, unhealthy yeah. version of that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And the key awesome. is un- unhealthy. It's unhealthy yes, when yes, it's lead- leading yes. us toward burnout. It's leading yes. us toward disconnection. It's leading mm-hmm. us towards pain and unhappiness and, and a lack of fulfillment. And this is where I started out as a fulfillment coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was the same path I was on. I was, I was a hypnotherapist and a fulfillment uh-huh. coach. And what uh-huh. I've done is I've blended them together and I, I do a hypno coaching hybrid now, which works really well. But That's so cool. That lack of fulfillment, that lack of being all the things to all the people all the time and still it not being enough. Mm-hmm. That's where the pain lies. And that's where it's, unhealthy the problem is with hyper independence we revere independence right go oh look at her she's successful oh she's got it all figured out oh she's you know she doesn't need anybody and I used to get this all the time I wish I was more like you I wish I could be like you Charlotte I wish I could go out there and and um you know not need anybody and be confident and you know go for the promotions go for the jobs because I did really well in a corporate environment because I'm like I can do anything I can uh-huh. do that job. I can do that job. I can do your job. I can run this company because uh-huh. I was so independent. Um, and then that's revered so much in society that we feel the pain and we feel that it's unhealthy, but the society is telling us what a great job we're doing and how well, they look up to us. Well, absolutely. And we, we brag about it's, you know, a badge of honor to talk about how tired you are. Mm-hmm. It's a badge of honor to talk about how busy you are. Oh, yeah. um, and it's something I really catch myself on. If I say, oh, I'm too busy too. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm choosing, you know, I'm choosing or I'm too tired too. It's like, well, then I need to make some changes in my life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're too tired to function in your life on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you need to change your life you have the power to change your life, right? And we hear about burnout so much, don't we? And it's so prevalent. Um, And and I know that that guys suffer as much as women, but we hear about it a lot in in the circles that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Burnout's a a real big thing. And and admitting that, admitting that we're on the verge of burnout. I never did. I burnt out multiple times. I took to my bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't get up. I was in so much pain. I was convinced there was something physically wrong with me. Um, 
and I would disconnect from my family, friends, everyone around me. I wouldn't want them to see me in that vulnerable state. Um, and it's because I pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where my body said, no, it, enough. We yeah. can't carry on. Well, I, I took a day yesterday to rest, so I'm feeling better that I'm prepared for this conversation. <laughs> I know, I feel like, should we just go and have a, a little nap? And just well, everybody I did, go for a little nap. <laughs> well, I did Brendan Burchard's high-performance coaching. And when you think about high-performance coaching, you don't think they're going to tell you to sleep in more, mm-hmm. to rest more, to do And I was very frustrated because I was like, man, I paid a lot of money to be able to go faster, harder, higher, right? And here you are telling me to rest. And it was the exact same conversation, right? The exact same conversation about burnout. Um, and now... I personally consciously try to schedule what I call white space, right? My husband gets a day where it's like, no, this is your day. You know, it's my day too, but we went to brunch and had a walk in the rain and wasn't in a hurry. And uh, the crown just came out um, on Netflix. We watched a couple of episodes (laughs) of the crown, right? And I took a nap, right? And I don't do that every Sunday, but obviously you're, you're like me, you have, you're a coach, right? We work odd hours. Mm -hmm. We have, odd time zones for accommodating. Sometimes we're doing things when other people aren't because that's when they're off work and that's when they're available, right? Which is okay. As long as you still have that white space and yeah. not feel bad about taking the white space, right? That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. How did you feel? How did you feel? I'm intrigued taking oh, your time. I, I was okay yesterday, um, yeah. but I have not been okay in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past it was very, people would say, well, you need to relax. I said, but it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> Yeah. I hear other people and they say relaxing makes them feel better, you know, at multiple times in my life, relaxing did not make me feel better at all, you know, okay. and it's, such a, it's just an odd skill to have to learn. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, I, cause obviously my friends and family would recognize some of the right. signs of burnout when it got to the point they were like, just take a break. I'm like, I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy. I can't, I've got to keep going. Right. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I've told my family and friends now know that the code word is if I say I'm fine, I'm just busy. I'm yes. fine. Yes. They need to stage an intervention. <laughs> I mean, we're past that point now, but there was a point where I'm like, if I tell you, well, I was healing from this. If I tell you I'm fine, but I'm busy, then you need to intervene in some way. But there were times where they'd buy me a, a spa day and they pack me off to a spa day on my own. Aww. And there were times where I'm not kidding. I walked out of that spa after an hour, packed my things up, got my laptop out of the boot of my car, went to a Costa and worked because I was having an awful time at the spa day. I was having palpitations. My brain couldn't turn off. It was like a feeling of guilt and fear and emotions that I couldn't recognize. And and that's when I started to realize that this is an issue. This is an issue for me. It's not normal to be so uncomfortable with relaxing and stopping to the point where you're burning out, burning out, burning out. Um, But that was a really painful realization because then you ask, well, what's wrong with me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's so weird. Like take a day off. I don't want to. Right. And I got angry. I mean, I got angry at that coach, (laughs) you know, and I was like, I don't want to take a day off, you know? Um, and, And even, and I want to be super clear, even when you heard my language around that, it was easier to take a day off because I wanted to preserve my marriage. Yeah. 
right? Even as I, I coach myself and hearing my own language, you know, my husband got a day. But now I took a nap and he went to the gym and I did stuff on my own too. But it's easier to give ourselves permission when it was like, well, a goal of mine is to have a very happy, healthy marriage. So it's it's easier to prioritize a date night than it would be to prioritize a day at the spa. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm catching myself even now. Catching myself even now. So how did you start that process of learning to, oh, oh, I... I had a post-it note and I wrote on there, it's fine and had a big X on there. <laughs> Great. And that was always a code word on my vision board. If I ever said yeah. it's fine or caught myself saying it's fine, mm-hmm. to have the self-awareness to say, I, I, I'm not here to be fine. I'm here to be yeah. excellent, you yeah. know, and excellent in rest, excellent in, you know, all the things. I, I know in my own life, I prioritize sleep. My husband and I had a conversation. He goes, yeah, you get eight hours of sleep every night. And I said, well, I get more done in the day than most people. Mm-hmm. I do, right? I, it's, I get so much done, but I need to be firing at all cylinders because if I'm tired, I'll mess up. Yeah. And then, then the plate falls apart. Then you burn out. Then you give someone the wrong information, then you mess up something that takes a lot longer to, uh, so that was kind of my, one of my first things is like getting over guilt of sleep. Mm-hmm. And when you study what sleep does for you, it's like, why would anyone feel guilty about this? It makes you smarter. It makes you thinner. It makes you happier. It makes you in a better mood. It makes you a better mother. Like sleep is a gift. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I read, um, why we sleep Matthew Walker you uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. and that changed my, I mean, I always liked my sleep anyway, I'll, uh-huh. I'll be honest. <laughs> I always liked a good sleep, a good eight hours, but then I read that and any little remnant of guilt, any yes. little aftershock of guilt was just gone. I was like, no, this is, this is a necessity. This is, is like needing water, needing it air. Is. It is, it is. Um, it's a, you can go, I don't know how many days you can go without eating, but you can only go 11 days without sleep and you die. So Crazy. some of us are walking around half dead and not even realizing it from exhaustion. Yeah. 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 So what are some steps you took to move past that hypervigilance or that you tell your clients to? I know I prioritize sleep. I, I made white space um, and I used, and it's still a technique. Sometimes it's easier to know to do it for other people than you. Like I do think, oh gosh, I'm a coach. Someone's going to ask me advice. And if I'm distracted and tired and sleepy and cranky, I may give them advice that they, that hurts their lives. Like I couldn't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person, you know? So to me, that was a trick I learned to prioritize self-care and rest because I always thought I wanted to show up as my best self. Um, What are some things that have worked for you and your, and your people? Yeah. So similar things, similar things to start to um, kind of reprogram patterns and habits that we fall into because of this hyper independence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, habits we fall into might be waking up and jumping on our phone right oh, away. Horrible idea. <laughs> yes. And always something I'm trying to, I've been starting the day with meditations the last two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, instead of, instead of checking Facebook. <laughs> Right. I, I sometimes go, yeah, I'm going to do a meditation. And I pick up my phone to get my meditation. I know. And I'm down the scroll hole straight away. Scroll like, hole. Come on, Charlotte. Like a, come on. Yes. Out you come. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's self-discipline. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like you, post-it notes, things, notes around, reminders, yeah. 
what I like to call pattern interrupts and you know it's an NLP term you know interrupting yes. mm-hmm. a normal pattern say okay stop what you're doing change it do something else you'll feel better um the deep deep work that I do is around sort of my hypno coaching um framework I call it believing better and it's what we do there is we identify the core belief so Mm -hmm. let's say that is I am powerless and we find the implicit memory which is a feeling an emotional memory so it doesn't have to be a oh yeah I was in this place at this time with that person it's uh, for me it was all right I get a sense or a feeling that when I had that feeling first I was hiding under my bed I was hiding under my bed I was a child and so what we do with memory reconsolidation techniques is we um, reprogram the belief on top of that memory, the new belief mm-hmm. that we want to believe instead, which is I am in control. I do have power. This was just a situation. I was small. I was a child. I wasn't expected to have any power or change anything. But now I have power and, and now I have control and kind of almost like you might call it be parenting the inner child. There's yes. lots of ways we can do that. We could do it with imagery, but really it's revisiting that implicit memory where it was installed. And memory reconsolidation is the only known form of neuroplasticity that erases that implicit memory rather than creating a new memory that competes with it. Mm. So it's fabulous. And it's cutting edge neuroscience. And yeah, that's interesting. Cutting edge, people are like, oh, wow, that must be really new. I'm like, yeah, 20 years. <laughs> because yeah. in neuroscience, that is new. It's mm-hmm. it's studied for a long time before they kind of release the research, right? Our mm-hmm. brains are really complex. So and aren't we glad, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, it's, uh, we're in a season as we record this, they're looking for a new vaccine, right? Yes. In the world, it's scary, right? Yeah. You know, it's Can scary. we take a bit longer doing that, please? Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, you're going to rewire my brain. Okay, that yeah. sounds great, right? Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, yeah. okay, so, so cutting edge, you know, it really is like the latest science around um the subconscious reprogramming process and how our brains actually work it's a it's a new discovery in the last 20 years Mm -hmm. and so now you know we've got this amazing tool and there are ways you know my methods hypnosis or hypno coaching there are other um, methods and protocols which will reconsolidate memories Mm -hmm. so I'm not saying this is the only way but memory reconsolidation for me is the permanent answer to hyper-independence, hyper-vigilance, or, or any subconscious um, beliefs that are blocking us, really. So so many of the, my listeners would have been in truly emotionally unsafe situations, even as adults, right? Mm-hmm. So it would not have just, it may have been the child, but, but also that were actually real. So kind of the first stage they would go through is, oh, that was unsafe. Because at the time, they were kind of telling themselves, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. right yeah. then they would be like oh it was that bad and then now they they're in this hyper vigilance of like well i'll never let anybody hurt me again i fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me or whatever that phrase is you know and, and so one of the things i do with my ladies is like remind them you're not there now like you know mm-hmm. you're 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 safe yeah. now is, is that something that well how would you build on that so i guess that is that is the first step you know you kind of remove the um the 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 triggers around 
what they're experiencing now. Mm-hmm. Um, to take that even further, what you what you want to do is provide them with a kind of mismatch of what that belief was at the time. So I am not safe, and if this situation happens again, I also won't be safe. Is okay, I'm not safe now because of X, Y, Z. Maybe I'm a child or maybe I'm in a situation which is unsafe. But reprogramming that, that it doesn't mean that I wouldn't be safe again. It doesn't mean that I haven't now got the resources to cope in that situation. And so it's a really subtle kind of difference between saying oh you were safe back then because clearly they weren't right right yeah 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 yeah. and and I now have the resources to cope in that situation that is yeah. such a empowering story to tell yourself it, it is true yeah right you know I mean it's yeah true. they wouldn't be reaching out for help if they didn't now have right. the resources you know just right. being able to acknowledge that and uh-huh. and the journey that they're clearly already on mm-hmm. They well, have resources now. And what because what happens is that fear is triggered and they go back to that time and that memory and the resources they had at that time. Right. Which all they could do at that time is what they did. That's all they could do. They couldn't do anything else. But now they could do something different. So it can remove that fear of that reoccurrence. So all they could do at the time is what they did. Mm-hmm. That is such a forgiving statement and true yeah. Yeah, and true. Yeah. And I agree with it. Right. Um, if we had known better, we would have done better at the time. We did not know better. So all you could do at the time is what you did. And now I have a different set of resources. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. 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 I think that's huge. I, I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, There's awesome. something fascinating yeah. as well called um, post-traumatic growth, which yes. kind of builds on that on that yes. premise of all I could do at the time is what I did, but now I could do better or now I've got additional resources. And that kind of builds on, um, you know, that trauma has instilled something in me that I can grow from. And we see that. We see that with people that have been through horrific traumas and come Absolutely. outside of it with a new perspective on life yeah. and themselves. I love that. And I want to pick up our next conversation right there. <laughs> Post-traumatic growth. That sounds awesome. Charlotte, tell people where they can find you and uh, any resources you want to include in the show notes. So we can tell us about those now. Um, and then we'll be back for another conversation on part two of hypervigilance. Great. So I can be found at www.charlottemothercoaching.com. Mother's M-A-T-H-E-R, like mother with an A. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm prolific on my personal profile, so people can find me there. And I have a YouTube channel um, of my own name as well as some hypnotic audios on there that will help listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charlotte. And we will have this conversation again. Thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, 
finding love and success after a toxic relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.